This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Genesis chapter 49, starting verse 22, and we are dealing with Joseph's blessing, the blessing of Joseph and his father, and then also his brother's blessing, Benjamin. And this is summing up the life of Jacob. Jacob is going to pass away at the end of the chapter, and we'll deal with that first part of next week. But that being said, Joseph is Like I said, he is an important character in the book of Genesis. And the reason he's an important character in the book of Genesis is because he is a type of Christ. He is, uh, he's taken into slavery in Egypt. He is a deliverer. He is the picture of of Christ and his dominion and his ability to save the world. And Joseph is a beautiful picture of Jesus Christ. He is the first one in Scripture. And all the other ones before him, the important characters of Genesis, tend to be reflections of man. Abraham is the man of faith. Noah is the man saved by God in the midst of the wrath of God. You just keep going through those pictures. And most of the time, the men of Genesis are pictures of humanity in its struggle with sin and its struggle with the situation that Adam placed us in the garden when he fell. And Joseph is the first redeemer picture. He's the first picture of the one who has the power to redeem, has the power to save, has the power to sustain his people. And so obviously, uh, and also in his father's eyes, he was his favorite son. And it was even the picture of him being killed by the wild animal and the blood on the clothes is a picture or a type of Christ. And he is, he's a fabulous story. He's a fabulous story. It says in verse 22, Joseph is a fruitful bough. And uh, notice that's a picture of him hovering. I think of a bough as a limb or vines hanging on a trellis or something like that. He's a fruitful bough by, oh, notice all the pictures here. He is covering from the, from the rays of the sun. He's fruitful, meaning he produces fruit with his life. His life provides hope, provides the best from God, and he's by well. And remember, wells are dug for the purpose of their spiritual in nature, and they're dug for the purpose of getting that living water and the process of well digging. In fact, one of the one of the ways people actually do evangelism in the third world is they go in and they dig wells, and as a they take their equipment, they dig those wells that are just very small wells. I know nowadays when you think of a well, and when I think of, I always think of these wells that people have to get in and they dig down deep in the earth and it's dangerous nowadays they have they have these digging devices where they drill down and the holes no no bigger than six six to twelve inches wide 
and they dig deep enough into the water line deep in the earth. The water level goes up, and so they can suck as much water as they want to out of those wells. And as long as you've got a pump, you can you you've got an endless supply of water. And we'll go to third world countries and dig those wells, and then also preach the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, to those places. And wells are a picture of digging spiritual truths, digging spiritual power up. And uh, we talked about that earlier in the book of Genesis. He is all those things. He's a fruitful bough. He is he is bow well. His branches hang over the wall. And that is a that, that's a beautiful if you've ever seen if you've ever seen uh these plants that to grow over the wall. I love the way that looks, or maybe even sometimes they climb the wall. These they're beautiful, and oftentimes they have beautiful flowers. He is saying that he is all those things in his life. He is the ability for God to use to to provide sustenance. He's he provides protection, and he is he's beautiful. He provides beauty to the world he live in. The archers have bitterly grieved him, shot at him, and hated him. Now remember, archers in scripture are pictures of assassins. Okay, and who is he talking about? He's talking about some of his sons. He's talking about. He's talking about uh, Potiphar and his wife. He's talking about the baker and the cupbearer who who forgot about him in prison. He is. He's talking about all the things that happened in life that happened to Jacob that were bad. Notice we talk so so glowingly about Jacob at the end, but we oftentimes forget the struggles that took place that got Jacob where he's at. And I'm going to tell you, you do also. You do that in all ways in your life. When you come up on, on a situation that's difficult, when you come up on a situation that's sorrowful, that is a place of loss, a place of struggle, oftentimes you revert back to the way you saw the world before God began to work in your life, and you forget all the things that God has done and all the ways he sustained you to the moment you're at in the midst of that struggle. And when you do that in your life, you miss out on remembering God and walking in power in the midst of that struggle. The reason you go go through struggles is you glorify God with your faith. And as your faith grows, your ability to deal with struggles, your ability to defend against the attacks of the enemy, your ability to shine like the sun in the midst of difficulty for those around you, your ability to change the world you live in, it grows because your faith has grown. And you should remember back to the things that God has taken to you, taking you through so that you can remember the faith that you walked in. And he says, listen, the archers have bitterly grieved him and shot at him and hated him. He's saying, uh, I've called him all these beautiful things, these flowing, wonderful things. But the truth is he's walked a path of difficulty. And the truth is most people who, who are older, who are who are shining stars in the kingdom of God, who are people who we look up to and we admire, most of those people are the ones who've walked very difficult paths, who've walked difficult paths of struggle, who've been a who've been who've gone through physical difficulties, have gone through emotional difficulties, have gone through family difficulties, have gone through relational difficulties. Um the difficulties and the struggles of life either build your faith or they cause you to walk in your own condemnation and your own struggle more deep and more terribly than ever before. And those who who have dealt with that, 
those who have walked through those things, oftentimes they are the powerful people in the kingdom of God. They're the people that we look up to. I think of a lot of people in our church, people that have walked through struggles and difficulties, especially my partner, Pastor Terry. They told him he'd be dead 30 years ago. And I think he's more alive today than I've ever known him to be. And even though the struggles and the difficulties of a growing church and who we are and how we make sure we engage everyone in ministry, engage everyone in things that are going on, even though those things are not easy as we grow, he's more alive than he ever was. And he's supposed to be dead before I ever knew him. And that's the way life is. That's The struggles of the past make you who you are. And oftentimes people come to me and say, you know what that person did back in the day, what they were, what happened to them? And oftentimes I'm thinking, okay, this is a believer. Yeah. Have I seen them walking by faith? Absolutely. Then the attack of the enemy, that archer shooting at them from their past, I think, you know what? Their past has made them into the person of faith they are today. I don't want to hear what they did in the past. If they're walking in faith today, I only want to hear about that because it's what made them who they are. Notice he says they the archers bitterly grieved him and shot at him and hated him, but his bow remains in strength. Notice he's, he, it didn't hurt him at all. He's still strong. He's still able to function as he was before. And in fact, it's made him better. And it says, and the arm of his hands were made strong. Notice his his back, the bow, the, that which held all the, that together is remained strong. His arms have remained strong. So he, his, he has the strength that he would have never had before had he not gone through that struggle, had he not walked in that battle by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. From there is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. Now, notice, uh, he is drawing else with God. He is saying that that Joseph has been made into who he is by the very hand of God. The potter has formed the vessel perfectly. He has made him the way he is, and he made him that way through the midst of those struggles. Um, and so he is the stone of Israel. He is, and notice he's the stone of Israel. He's the, he is the cornerstone that again, we get that picture. God is showing us. He is a, he's a forerunner of Christ. He's a type of Christ. And wow. He says from there, the shepherd, the stone of Israel, he says, by the God of your fathers, who will help, who will help you? God's the one who has made Joseph who he is. And by the mighty, who will bless you? So he's saying he's going, he is getting his very best from the hand of God. God is the one who has anointed his life. God is the one who's leading his life. And the reason God is walking, God has allowed him to walk in this blessing and, and walk in this courage is because of the struggles of his past. I want you to see that. I, I don't want you to miss out on that. Your struggles of, of today are the beginnings of God's power and his blessing of the future. And if you don't see it that way, you are woefully missing out. You're, the struggles of the moment are going to make you into who you are. There's been a, a movement in our churches in America to teach that you shouldn't ever have any struggles. You, you shouldn't ever go through times where you're poor, times where you're sick, that you nothing, you should be fully, and boy, you should walk in joy and peace all the time. And God's going to take care of you and he's going to make you happy and he's going to make you healthy and he's going to make you all those things. And you know what? 
that, that I don't see that from the very first chapter of the book of Genesis to the last chapter of the book of Revelation. I do not see that at all. I, all I see is God's people walking through the valley of the shadow of death, and they are fearing no evil, and they are they are dealing with physical trouble. They're dealing with social trouble. They're dealing with trouble from governments. They're dealing with trouble from their own sinfulness. They're dealing for, with all kinds of struggles, all kinds of difficulties, and they're overcoming by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony. They're overcoming by faith, and they're walking in power, and they're growing from those troubles. And Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. And that's going to happen. It's going to be there. And uh, wow, he, what he makes out of that trouble is powerful. And it's wonderful. And it's beautiful. And if you're boosted by that teaching that your life ought to be cotton candy and rainbows all the time, and if it's not, that means you're not trusting God, let me tell you something. You're selling yourself short as far as walking by faith, and you're selling God short in his ability and his reasons for leading you through the things he's leading you through. Uh, Listen, he's shepherding you through that valley of the shadow of death, but you're going to go through the valley. There's no way to do that. Other than that, there's no way for you to live life other than that way. I don't know anybody who's walked through life with no struggle, no difficulty, no no pains, no loss, and have been a powerful, life-changing, world-altering Christian. I don't know them. Don't know them at all. I haven't met one. You've got to go through the struggles of life. You've got to go through the difficulties of failure. You've got to deal with your sin face to face. And when you do, God himself makes you into who he wants you to be. God makes you mighty before him in the midst of those things, through those things, by those things. He said, and by the mighty, by the almighty, who will bless you with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lies beneath blessings from the breast and the womb. Notice he is sustaining you. He's sustaining you. And he starts at the grave and goes back to being born. He says, I've sustained you all the way, ending with your death, but beginning with your birth. He has sustained you the whole way. He says, then the blessing of your father has have excelled the blessings of my ancestors. Notice he's saying, man, you have attained even more than anyone that came before you. And I think Joseph has. I think if you rank him up there, you have to rank him up there as one of the great men of Scripture. And the reason he is one of the great men of, men of Scripture is because, well, because, because of the struggle he went through. And his dad does him a service by recognizing not his greatness, but recognizing the depth and breadth of his struggle. He says, they shall be on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of him who has separate, who was, who was separate from his brothers. Notice he's become something special and he's become something, something special, partly because his brothers put him in that position. Wow. That's a fabulous and a powerful testimony. Benjamin, his brother, he says, is ravenous wolf. That's verse 27. In the morning, he shall devour the prey, and at night, he shall divide the spoil. That's um, not much said about Benjamin here. Benjamin's not a, is not a negative character in Scripture. His tribe's not a negative tribe. His tribe's not necessarily a positive tribe. 
He is a warrior. He's a battler. He he is one who makes sure he takes care of his own. And that's what he calls him here. And he says, and it says in verse 28, and these are the 12 tribes of Israel. And this is what their father spoke to them. And he blessed them. And he blessed each one according to his own blessing. Notice the blessings that we speak on each other are important. And oftentimes I forget that is something that I should be doing more and more. Sometimes in life you you get in the midst of the battle and you forget to be a blessing to someone with your words. And even though I wouldn't say it's my primary gift, I do have the gift of encouragement. And I think we all really can operate in that gift, even if it's not one of our powerful gifts. You can speak life and you can speak hope into others. And if you see the opportunity, you should do it. And if you see the chance to say something to someone that's a word of encouragement, a word of hope, maybe even a word of knowledge that speaks into who they are and how they've lived their life, uh, you should do that if you get the chance. Because our mouths should be mouths of hope. They should speak words of hope to those who are around us. And if you do that and you do it well, let me tell you something. You can be a blessing in ways that you don't imagine for someone just with a few words of encouragement, a few words of hope. And churches ought to be filled with that going on. Those words of encouragement and those words of hope should be being spoken as much as possible to the world we live in and the people that we're around. And let me say this to you this morning. Be a word of hope and encouragement. Jacob spoke blessings and he actually spoke some real hard truths to his sons. And those words are going to make throughout the scriptures about them and about what he said. And this chapter is important because it ultimately leads to prophecy and it ultimately leads to a picture of what God is doing down the road. And as you study this, I hope you've grown, you've gained some, and I hope you've also in your own mind focused on on the opportunities God's given you to be a blessing to others. May God bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May he give you hope and peace as you go. In Jesus' name, amen. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.